Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller, coming to Chicago in 2018. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Well, good afternoon, everyone, to another episode of Up Next. Here today we have our co-hosts, we have Sandy Hamster and Dr. John Feuder. Welcome to you both again. Thank you, thank you. We're good to be here with you. Mm -hmm. And on the line today we have Deb Nupp, who is the Managing Director of Growth Play. Welcome, Deb. Hi, everyone. It's great to be with you all. Well, you know, Deb, uh, I'm going to ask ask you to share a little bit in terms of what you do with Growth Play and before that your business called Akina. But let me share this about uh, Deb. Deb was the very, very first person I met at Park Community Church over in the South Loop when I started coming to Park. And I still remember, Deb, you were at the person right at the front door. And through that, I said to myself, she is the most welcoming individual I have ever met. She just makes coming to church really, really easy and unintimidating. So thank you very much for those many years ago when you first welcomed me here, Deb. Oh, what kind words, Tommy. It's always a pleasure to, to be able to serve in a connections role. Yeah. Hey, Deb, for the audience, can you share a little bit in terms of what you do as a manager at Growth Play and what Growth Play does? Yeah, so Growth Play is a holistic consulting business that focuses in the areas of sales effectiveness. So we do coaching, training, and talent analytics in helping organizations accelerate revenue. Uh, the thing that I love best about this business, and it's such a privilege to be in this field of sales effectiveness, in that we look at the subject matter of revenue generating and selling behavior, not as something you do as an act of self-interest, but moreover, something that you can engage, which is an act of service. Mm-hmm. My experience in seeing uh, how powerful it can be when a person is in a sales conversation or is having an opportunity to buy or purchase something of value, it is far more attractive and interesting when that experience feels like a person is being served. And so GrowthLight's mission really is about authentic relationship building, other-centered problem solving, and elevating sales as an act of service. Mm. I love that. Me too. Uh, Deb, it's so funny because my story of meeting Deb is the exact same story as Tommy's. (laughs) Like, not even any different. It just shows how consistent and faithful you are, Deb. And um, actually, like, I still have that business card she handed me because (laughs) it really, I mean, it was like the opening to thousands probably of relationships that I have today because of Deb Nup's welcoming um, smile. Honestly, I mean, really. Very generous. Thank you. Um, so, so Deb, did you always know you wanted to be in this field? Like, when you growing up, like, what did you see yourself doing, and, and how does that differ from what you're doing today? Well, Sandy, my career path is really a tale of two career paths. I spent half of my career working a business in human resources and organizational development. And I spent the other half of my career in sales and marketing roles. And sometimes people might ask, you know, how does HR and sales, how do those two career paths intersect? And what I learned early on is that the drivers of employee loyalty 
are exactly the drivers of customer or client loyalty. Mm. And so uh, back in 2001, I had uh, this idea that I would help um, others become the best version of themselves by figuring out how to drive more loyalty in every aspect of their life. Mm. And so my firm was born Mm. out of this idea that uh, when we are cultivating and nurturing and genuinely investing in relationships and we can suspend self-interest long enough to be of service to others, something really powerful happens, whether it's Mm. building greater employee loyalty and attracting and retaining talent or having an ability to attract customers or clients for the same reason. Now, if I said, did I ever imagine that I was going to be a managing director of a consulting firm, I, I would be uh, kidding you if I, <laughs> if I thought that was going to be the path. Although what I do love about consulting, particularly as a profession, is it is such a privilege so often to be able to hold space with clients, um, in some cases to really help them wrestle through uh, the vision and the mission and the purpose of their organizations, really helping them get clear about who they're serving, whether that's externally with clients and customers or internally with their teams and people to really hold space for people to identify where they're going, why they're going there, how they're going to measure success, and ultimately how to really elevate the experience for all stakeholders. Mm. So um, it's an absolute privilege to be a consultant and to be in a profession that really is about accelerating growth. Hey, Deb, Doc here. I heard you, um, Tommy, too, um, recently at at Moody Church on a panel, and I was struck again by... um, the selfless nature of what is at the very core of, of who you are, certainly, but also the way you, you go about um, it, your work. It, and it, it, is, it smacks so much of the model of Jesus. It's beautiful. Uh, do people ever push back at that, I guess is what I'm wondering? Is there, is there resistance or reluctance toward the, the selfless nature of these acts of, of mm, service? That's a great question. <laughs> Well, Doc, it it is a terrific question, and and I think the pushback often uh, materializes in the form of curiosity, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly when you're engaging with people in a way that seems very countercultural. Um, I've often said that um, everything I ever learned about leadership, everything I've ever learned about being a business owner, everything I've ever learned about being an effective um, steward uh, for the kingdom, I have learned uh, through Romans 12. I and love that. Um, very I often, love when you right when you so yeah. when you when you think about Romans 12 at yeah. its most simple form, mm-hmm. you know it's it's made up of three really important leadership principles. Number one, transformation begins with a renewal of our mind and, mm-hmm. and recognizing in whose good service are we. Um, it's countercultural to be in service, I think, to something much greater than yourself and your self-interest. Yes, and so I think the world, in, by and large, when they encounter someone who is focusing on the renewal of one's mind in service to God and to a greater kingdom mm-hmm. purpose, that's curious for people. Mm-hmm. I think awesome. the second part of Romans 12 is really around how all the pieces and parts in their giftedness create the whole. Mm-hmm. And so again, when you have the capacity to be strong or be gifted in a particular arena and have a humility to draw others in, people do find that to be a little countercultural. And again, I think they get curious. Uh, notwithstanding these two points, so I think the third piece in Romans 12 really stands out um, at its best, and that's how we're to behave when we're faced with crisis or when we're faced with uh, unfairness or when mm-hmm. we're facing injustice and how we are to behave by turning another cheek and loving people through the midst of of pain or struggle. Mm -hmm. I would say of all the things I've experienced in my professional life, that's probably the area where Jesus is magnified the most. Yes, ma'am. In that it's not what happens to us, but moreover, it's what we choose in our response to what happens. 
And so I think in that regard, many people uh, find it curious and then ultimately want to understand what's the source code or the operating system mm. that allows a human being to behave that way. Wow. I can tell you it's not I human being this. everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Up Next, and our guest today is Deb Nelp, Managing Director of Growth Play. Sandy? Hey, Deb, how did you, um, how'd you come to find out what you're good at, like what your strengths were? Obviously, there, there are a lot of things, but how did you sort of sift out, like, these are my really, um, my sweet spots of what I'm good at? Well, I, I think it's, it's on multiple levels, um, and, I, and I would be remiss if I didn't say trial and error. Um, <laughs> I think so much of finding our gifts and our strengths mm-hmm. really is through experiences yeah. and, and putting yourself in scenarios and situations uh, with a variety of people and circumstances so that you can really suss out where your strengths may lie. Um, I've been very blessed throughout my entire um, adult life uh, that, that, to have opportunities to take advantage of things like assessments, um, whether you look at something like a spiritual gifts assessment or you uh, take advantage of, of areas of other talent analytics and other assessments, I think it can give you some really clear insight on how you're wired, how you're motivated, and ultimately how those things can lead to greater clarity and in leaning into your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think secondly, we listen to people and seek feedback. And um, I can say that um, I think feedback in any form is a gift even though sometimes the feedback may feel like it's wrapped in barbed wire. Sure. Uh, but what I do know is that if you have the courage to really seek to understand and seek to listen, you can very quickly uncover where your strengths may be and ultimately how you can leverage those or lean into those more reliably. Mm-hmm. I would say the last piece of insight that I think is, is really important, and particularly really important for Christian leaders, is to have a courage or a willingness to be very appreciative in our inquiry. Appreciative inquiry is a methodology that says, I'm going to seek out feedback on where I am at my best or where our organization is at its best. And then I'm going to seek how to be at our best more often. I think sometimes when we look for feedback or we're providing assessments or we're getting engaged with people, it's so tempting to want to amplify or focus on solving for or improving our weaknesses. And while it is important to understand where you may have challenges, development areas, or blind spots, in my experience, finding my strengths has really been able to figure out where can I be at my best and how do I be at my best more often Mm -hmm. so that I can surround myself with people who have gifts and strengths in areas which are a complement to the things that I've been interested in. I love that. Hey, we're going to take a break in about a couple minutes, but we have time for one more question. Um, I I hate to even say this word because it's like such a, um, it's such a tough word, but how do you find balance or is, is it not even balance? Is it just um, discernment um, between, you know, business and company and then demands at home and ministry uh, we haven't even gotten to like the ministry part of your life, but um, how do you how do you do that, Deb? Actually, you know what, Deb? Before you answer, it looks like we are running out of time. So, Deb, we're actually going to oh, take sorry, a break right here <laughs> and then come back and have you fill uh, give us the answer to that question, Deb. That sounds great. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago. For the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, The churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. 
please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. AM 1160. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace. Therefore, it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training, and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people, and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, the churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. AM 1160. Welcome back to Up Next with Tommy Lee. Brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller. Coming to Chicago in 2018. Well, welcome back from our break. Today we have our guest hosts, Sandy Hamster and Dr. John Feuder. And on our call today, we have Deb Nupp, who's the Managing Director of Growth Play, and Sandy, right before the break, you had a question in terms of balance. Can you say that to Deb one more time? Um, yeah, just just how how do you find balance? Is there such a thing as balance between career and home and ministry? How do you manage that? I love this question, Sandy. I have had the blessing of so many fantastic mentors mm. uh, speak truth into my life. And one of my favorite leadership coaches communicated to me that we need to give up on this myth of balance, mm-hmm. that this idea of balance um, only sets us up for disappointment mm-hmm. and yeah. that sense that, you know, when, when you think about, in, in lieu of balance, um, her gift to me was, think about living a life integrated. Mm-hmm. So instead of focusing on trying to live in equilibrium, really think about how do I live a more integrated life where my home, uh, my work, my ministry, my community, my friendships, my 
hobbies? How do all of those things meld in a very integrated fashion? Um, I also think when I have had this desire to, quote, have more balance, if you really think about it, there's no model anywhere in the walk of, of Christ's life where we see this idea of just live in a stasis of equilibrium where, <laughs> so you know, where nothing too great, nothing mm-hmm. too dramatic. I mean, the reality is we've, you know, we've, been, lit, we, we've been born to have this adventure and this, yeah. these sets of experiences which are anything other than, than balance. So mm, I, um, I, I guess that. I've given myself <laughs> permission not to, not to pursue something that's, that's not only unattainable, not mm-hmm. uh, but it's not, not possible. And it's, and it's not really, we, it hasn't been modeled for us. Yeah. So oh, integration so is, my, is my favorite word. That's so I'm good. loving it. I'm taking notes on you, Deb. I just want <laughs> you to know. Too. <laughs> I went back to Romans 12, and I got verses on Look these three you, principles. Doc. So Doc, is not working. I'm fired up, and this integration thing is cool. Okay, but since we are on the clock, I, another question here. Um, you made a decision a couple of years ago uh, for an addition to your life, to your family. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what went into that decision, a little bit of the details for us? Absolutely. So, so Doc, I have to tell you, my uh, one of my greatest joys um, in my entire life is being my husband's wife. I love being Mrs. Jason Knapp. and. Good. Just the, the power and the impact of marriage and, and what that can mean uh, for, for kingdom work. And we were blessed enough uh, in our marriage to um, have uh, two daughters biologically and um, healthy, um, really a full life, two daughters. And, um, and one might say, okay, good, you know, uh, we got our marriage, we've got our two healthy kids, we're both working. So what's missing? And I will tell you that when you pray the hard prayers sometimes and ask God to show you what's missing, Mm. believe me, he will show you. (laughs) And for a number of years, um, Jason and I really wrestled with this idea of feeling like we had more space and more capacity Mm -hmm. for children. Um, While it was not in the cards for us biologically to keep having children, we did know that there was something missing and Mm. that God had something in mind. Um, unlike what, how I normally take things where I kind of white-knuckle things and get into an action yeah. plan and start moving things quickly, uh, thankfully my husband's discernment was very much of weight on the Lord, and we will know. And um, after many years of prayer and waiting on the Lord, uh, five years ago, in fact, uh, just right at five years ago, um, we were introduced into the DCFS uh, and Foster to Adopt track for expanding our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our youngest daughter, who was four and a half at the time. She was placed with us. Uh, we fostered her for about two and a half, almost three years, mm-hmm. and then she became legally adopted as our third nut girl. Um, mm-hmm. Many people have said, you know, well, you know, why did you do this? And, and you know, was this, a, was this an act of intellectual thinking and planning? And I will tell you, it is an absolute act of faith. Mm-hmm. And I can see how <laughs> God is teaching us every single day what it looks like to love like Jesus. And this experience of bringing a a person into our lives who prior to this experience um, had not had the stability and the groundedness and the, and the connectivity and identity um, to a family or to who she is in Christ. um, She has blessed us multiple times over by coming into our family and really rounding out our experience. I often say, she has really taught me what it means to be a mom Amen. and what it really means to love um, like Jesus. Amen. Well, you're listening to Up wow. Next, and our guest today is Deb Nutman, director of Growth Play, and just a personal friend of mine and Docs and Sandy. 
in your follow-up question yeah i'm gonna try to ask the question but i'm a little choked up right now i gotta be honest (laughs) as someone who's uh in the middle of the uh, foster care process too Mm. um it is everything that you just said it's it's unknown and um it can be scary um, but it's also just such an immense blessing uh just the, the the part that you just don't expect um so what were some of the adjustments i mean Obviously, there's like physical and logistical adjustments, but what were some of the realign alignment that you had to do as a family um, preparing the, the, the girls and just what was some of the things that went into that? Well, I think it starts with Sandy. Um, first is just recognizing where you have a lot of bias or assumptions yeah. about how life works and how life should be. Um, when when you are when you when you have uh, biological children and they experience every single day of their life knowing that they're loved, knowing that they're safe, knowing where they belong. There are certain expectations you can have for their behavior and how they're going to navigate right. and make choices and, and, and come to circumstances and situations feeling very abundant or very full. Right. It's quite different when you have a, a little person who comes in your life for which that foundation has not been laid. Right. And how do you extend grace and how do you show patience? Um, and how do you not operate on a bias that, that, you know, that you have better ideas or a better way right. and, and why isn't this person behaving in the same manner? Mm-hmm. So I would say that's, that's been our, one of our biggest adjustments is to continue, continually recalibrate assumptions mm-hmm. and recognize starting point so that you can extend grace and that you can extend love as, a, as an ultimate form of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing is how to prepare others in your life to be with you. Um, yeah. In our particular instance, um, we're multicultural, and that is, uh, it is very distinct to be a Caucasian family. Our, our youngest is African-American. And how do you be with people in the midst of their own question and their own curiosity? Um, how do you be with people in the form of their assumption or yeah. judgment as it may come out sometimes? Mm-hmm. And really preparing your life and your family with a whole variety of scenarios. And yeah. I can say, um, gratefully, uh, the majority of things that we've experienced in the last five years have been uh, from the bias of abundance and a real mm-hmm. desire to learn and to grow. Um, I'm so thrilled to see how many people we have in our life now who have started on this journey, just like mm-hmm. you have in the hamster family, <laughs> and just what a gift it is to see others open their hearts and minds to this as a possible track for expanding families and, and for adoption. Um, so I would say it's mostly been in that, in that realm, but it certainly has not been without its own set of challenges. And I think preparedness and scenario planning has really aided us uh, mm-hmm. in this process. Mm-hmm. I've, I've told some people, um, it's just in talking about foster care, like expect everything and expect nothing. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like expect that everything's going to happen and everything, you know, and then also just keep temper your expectations. Um, mm. because you just really don't know there's, there is so much and to keep recalibrating. I love that you said that, um, you know, your, your, you know, your perspective and, um, yeah. that someone is maybe coming from a different perspective. And I, I know you shared this a little bit, but what, what encouragement would you give to people who are considering adopt, adopting or um, foster care? I know they are two different things, but can have some overlap. Um, what encouragement would you give them? 
Yes. Well, first of all, your wisdom is so spot on with regards to expectations. I would say my counsel is uh, encourage people to find relationships with people who've been on the journey and collect as many experiences as you can from people who've done it a variety of ways. Uh, One of the smart points of counsel that we got as we were contemplating this idea and this journey is uh, one of our mentors definitely said, build authentic relationships with people who've made a wide variety of decisions Mm -hmm. so that you can have the learning of their life and their experiences. Um, So I think that's number one. I love that. Uh, Number two is um, recognize that this is about a series of taking next steps, not all of the steps at Mm -hmm. once. Um, I think it can be very tempting to get all the way to the end and try to form a relationship with the end having not experienced all the 72 things that are going to happen (laughs) before you get to the end. So don't get paralyzed by step 72 and just recognize that taking a sure step and prayerfully considering every step of the way Mm -hmm. that you will see the recognition of of the right path and God will open the doors uh, that are intended for your family. And thirdly, I would say um, just I would be confident and comfortable in all of your emotions. It really goes back to the point you were making earlier, Sandy, about expect everything and expect nothing. Um, I think that that one of the gifts of of this journey while we're in this world is to work through our humanity Mm -hmm. and the, the, the genuineness of all of the emotion that one may feel in that process and to be able to speak about that and to, and to engage in community and safe community to be able to process those things out loud. Um, I can say from firsthand experience, um, our family and, our, and the current composition of our family is a direct outgrowth of mm-hmm. the community um, in which we've embedded ourselves and surrounded That's ourselves. That's so great. Deb, amen, Deb. amen, Deb. <laughs> Deb, Deb, Deb. Deb, you're one of my favorites. Woo-hoo. That was so good. <laughs> so good. That was some you good radio, Thank some you. good radio there, Deb. <laughs> Deb, thanks for your friendship. Thanks for just jumping on with us for a few minutes oh. today. And see you next week as we talk with another wonderful leader on the episode of, of Next. Deb, have a wonderful week. Thanks, Deb. Y'all too. Bye now. Bye, Deb. We'll talk to you soon. And for more information, go to upnext.city. That is www.upnext.city. Well, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with The Gospel and Our Cities Conference in Chicago, October 2018. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.